officially call the action item uh, meeting of the Commonwealth Transportation Board for July to order. Uh, I did have a couple of announcements before we uh, start. Uh, I wanted to, uh, this is July, and uh, there were some uh, board changes uh, effective as of July 1st. I want to start by thanking uh, Mr. Roger Cole, uh, uh, who is rotating off the board and uh, working uh, with Roger to pick a day for him to come back uh, and have dinner with us at some point in time. In fact, we're going to try to do it now that he's actually out of the country. But I want to thank him for his many years of uh, service. I enjoy working with him both as a uh, fellow CPD member and in my role as secretary. Uh, Roger, quite simply, is a class act. Uh, and uh, we will miss his expertise, but wish him well uh, in, uh, in whatever else uh, he chooses to do. Thank you for that. Um, taking uh, uh, the Richmond seat uh, is Mr. Carlos Brown. Carlos Brown could not be here today. Uh, he is with uh, Dominion uh, Resources, uh, and uh, he will be uh, at the next meeting. And I know we'll properly welcome there one to let you know. And I also want to point out, uh, I think Ms. Valentine, uh, uh, well, you, you were reappointed to the board, uh, and uh, very happy uh, that uh, every, record uh, time. everything it, I can do to stop it. <laughs> certainly is the best is the best thing to look at when I turn to the right. I can assure you that. <laughs> but no, it's not time. Thank you so much. Congratulations to you, and look forward to. Well, I have two and a half more years. You've got four more years. So I look forward to working at least through my term. So, uh, so we'll um, uh, uh, have Roger back. We'll welcome um, Carlos at the next meeting. But want to let you know of those changes. Now, okay, uh, our first order of business is public comment. And uh, do we have any? There's none signed up. Uh, is anyone that would like to address um, the CTV? Please come forward and state your name. Uh, and love to hear from you. Good afternoon. Well, wouldn't it be a ticketing meeting if I didn't come and speak to you? Nancy Smith with the Northern Virginia Transportation Alliance. Good afternoon. Um, today, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Potomac River Bridges study um, that we've all been anticipating the last few months. First, um, as acknowledged by Deputy Secretary Donahoe's presentation, um, the objective of this study was really just to look at a problem um, and not look at a solution. Um, and to that extent, the study really just reaffirmed once again what we've all known for a long time and really what any driver in the National Capital Region could tell you, which is that the American Legion Bridge is heavily congested. Abs an absent new capacity and a new bridge will continue continue to become more so. Um, so as Mr. Donahoe concluded and kind of extended beyond the scope of the study was that until we start looking at solutions, we are really never going to make progress in that region. Um, it's important to note that in the origin destination data shows the travel patterns of today and in the future if nothing is done. Um, however, it doesn't show the origin and destination possibilities and the demand that would exist with a new river crossing and additional um, capacity on the American Legion Bridge. Nor does it show or measure future travel times between all origin and destination pairings. Additionally, since while the study attempts to measure future travel speeds, it does not appear to measure future level of congestion, hours of delay, and the economic and personal cost of that delay that will occur if nothing is done. 
So given that the American Legion Bridge is obviously a major choke point, it is not surprising that more travelers do not attempt that crazy U-shaped journey um, during peak demand. Um, it seems that very few commuters are actually desperate enough to make that there, or there are a few. Um, but it doesn't mean that such a demand does not exist um, or that the region and our economy would not benefit immensely from a new, more direct route to facilitate those patterns. Um, as you discussed earlier, a lot has changed in, in the Northern Virginia region since the data for the study was collected. And tomorrow's economy will grow increasingly complex, and with it, um, demand for highly skilled workers will continue to grow. And failure to expand capacity and, and, and increase trans-Potomac River crossings um, and its options will just reduce businesses' ability to be able to attract and retain skilled workers and will also um, hurt Dallas's, Dallas Airport's ability to achieve its full potential going into the future. So working on a single track with Maryland to widen the American Legion Bridge and extend the um, Beltway Express lanes, while good things to do is not enough, um, a new bridge is also needed. Absent a new crossing, it's unlikely that enough capacity can be added to the American Legion Bridge in the future to meet long-term demand and provide Dallas Airport and those areas outside the Beltway that are expected to be home to most of the region's future population and job growth with the additional capacity that we need. Failure to act expeditiously to identify and secure the best um, location for such a facility will just allow more homes and more structures to be built so as to actually preclude a new bridge crossing. So while in theory working first to improve the American Legion Bridge will not preclude a new crossing and its benefits um, further delay um, in securing a location for such a bridge will most assuredly well. So the need for a new crossing, we know, has well, been well documented for decades and the need for, um, for more action now um, to make that a reality is needed. Um, so that requires that it continue to be a major focus of the administration. But the Alliance recognizes that it does take two states to make this happen, um, but leadership can really start with just one. Um, and assigning a higher priority to a new Potomac River crossing is and should be Northern Virginia's and the National Capital Region's best hope for making such a crossing a reality. Now I'd like you to think about where Virginia Transportation's program would be today if Virginians, including legislators, you're all, this body, the business community, and Governor McAuliffe had accepted Governor McDonald's statement that he had no interest in raising taxes to pay for transportation. Times change, positions change, but only if citizens and public officials continue to speak up and advocate for important things um, that need to be done can actual change happen. Another way I think about this is that bad things happen when good people remain silent or progress occurs only when good informed people continue to speak up and push for needed change. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else that would like to address the board during our public comment? Yes, Mr. Pollard. Mayor <laughs> Trip Pollard uh, with the Southern Environmental Law Center. Uh, two things. First, I'm not planning to talk about the Potomac Bridge study, but couldn't let those remarks go. Um, I, I think that the study does show a lot of what we knew already about the traffic in the area. I think it also underscores about as dramatically as possible the critical importance of Metro. Uh, so very pleased to hear about your announcement this morning at the recent meetings. Um, and I think that we it underscores the need for greater investment there as well as um, 
We think the targeted approach that's proposed is the way to go. There's a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of history around the additional bridge crossing I will not go into today, but suffice it to say, a very controversial thing with different opinions. I wanted to mainly just mention I-66. Um, there's been a lot of dust about the procurement issues. Um, you all spent a lot of time on that this morning. I would just briefly like to applaud the administration for taking a fresh look at how best to procure this project, um, whatever it looks like. I think this is especially wise in light of some of the recent problems we've had with some of the PPTA deals. I think if done properly, it shows really a maturing of the PPTA process that we're not assuming a P3 is the right way to go, we're not assuming it's the wrong way to go, we're going to look and see what makes the most sense. So I think that is the correct approach and, and we strongly support the administration in that and we're glad to see that you're keeping open the public option, uh, public financing. I think there, again, these things are very project specific and we'll see what we get, but uh, would urge you to be sure that the public uh, financing option is developed as fully as the, we can count on the concessionaires to develop their proposals. Further, as you mentioned, Mr. Secretary, it's also critical to get the right project. The discussion today was focused mainly on procurement, um, but obviously there's a lot of questions about the project itself, um, and we're concerned about procurement and issues of procurement driving the project. However we go forward in discussions and deliberations, we urge the administration to keep front and center the importance of transit in this quarter, as well as interchange improvements that can do tremendous amounts to address um, the uh, current traffic problems that clearly exist. We strongly support improving I-66. I think there are some questions about the best way in terms of the, the, the project itself and then obviously the procurement. So bottom line, uh, agree with your approach and uh, heartily endorse the importance of keeping uh, the public interest paramount and again applaud you for um, looking at and keeping all options on the table. It's critical to get the best deal for taxpayers as well as the best transportation solution. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hall. Uh, anyone else? Okay, thank you then. We'll close the uh, public comment session and we'll move right into uh, our agenda. First up, we have Mr. Gray. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I passed over. Uh, the minutes, first we have the minutes from the June 17th thing. Is there a motion? So I'm moving to review. Second. 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 Any discussion on the minutes? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Thank you, Mr. Pappas, for getting me there. Let me take one thing before I have Mr. Gray come up to you. Also, I think we mentioned a previous one that Mr. Um, that Mr. Martin had resigned. We mentioned that. Yeah, he, for health reasons, Mr. Martin had resigned. Uh, and I reached out to him. And, and we're going to be out in Bristol in September. So uh, hopefully we can at least have him uh, maybe go to him or him come to us while we're out there. I mean, when he uh, is. Uh, devoting all time getting his help sort of way. We certainly wish him the best. Okay, with that, Mr. Gregg, we'll have you come up and uh, begin with our maintenance Good afternoon, Mr. Chairman, members of the board. I have uh, two items for you this afternoon. The first one is in the Bristol District. It's a commemorative um, bridge naming on Route 58 over the Indian Creek in Lee County. Bridge will be named for Mr. Willard A. Estet. Uh, we're going to have to be a little bit creative today since we have several members uh, uh, not here. So, is there a motion? I would a motion. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Second. Okay. Any further discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you. Second item is um, is requesting the repeal of the guide to abandonments and discontinuance. Um, actually, this is a, a guide that we use internally um, that was adopted back in the early 90s. Um, and since that time, the Code of Virginia has been updated, which really makes this um, these regulations obsolete. And so at this time, we're just looking to um, discontinue these obsolete guidelines that we have and we just continue to work with the, with the Code of Virginia as it is written. So moved. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Good to get rid of the regulations. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you, sir. I think that's uh, what you'll find uh, a lot we're looking at is there's been a lot of guidelines and different things over the years and they've become sort of institutionalized they may or may not be applicable to today. Um, and so we're going to take a fresh look at uh, processes and stuff of, uh, as we go through here um, and make sure that we're as efficient as we can be uh, in our delivery of... Uh, I'm looking forward to the legislative year when they file 3,000 bills and 1,000 of them repeals outdated all of them. Yeah, that would be really refreshing. <laughs> well, yeah, I've also found, Mr. Williams, that there's a blurred line between guidelines and laws. Yeah. And all of a sudden, some of the agencies think that the guidelines are laws. And uh, as what and Mr. Coolmaid is fond of saying, this is in the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, when they were talking about the Pirates' law, he goes, well, that's more like guidelines. <laughs> so we're going to uh, you know, have our guidelines for most of, uh, most of the time, but we're going to really follow the law uh, all the time. So, Okay, uh, it's, uh, next up is uh, Mr. Hoffman. Good to see you today, sir. Good afternoon, Chairman, members of the board. Uh, before you now is a resolution uh, following up a meeting, last meeting, where we discussed uh, food vending on the right-of-way. Resolution allow us to change our regulations to allow food vending on the right-of-way in accordance with Chapter 466 of the 2015 Acts of Assembly. Now, before we actually discuss this, I'm going to ask um, uh, our director, Mitchell, down here, where she parked yesterday? <laughs> it was in the District of Columbia where I parked in a food truck zone. So I came back out to find a Peruvian chicken truck. I special. Of course, it's in D.C. That's right. Uh, anyway, uh, we had these discussions at the last meeting. Is there a motion? Motion. Second. Second? Okay, any discussion? Uh, I, I had a real quick question. <laughs> sure. Just, just in general, how, how do you? I know that you work with localities. There are a number of localities. I know that implemented regulations for this on roads. Um, how, how do you go through the permitting? Is the permitting going to be put in a locality's hands where that road is? The, the way the the concept works that we've designed is that the locality would develop their program, uh, working with VDOT. And then we would give them a permit to run the program on our roads. And then the locality would, depending on what kind of ordinances they pass to implement it, either issue permits or designate zones or things like that on the on the So, so maybe that this moves forward immediately in some places you already have it. Yes. So, okay. That's what I was trying to understand. Thank you. Do you have a discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you very much. 
Okay, we have Ms. Pryor. <coughs> and what we may do if we get through this pretty quickly, I think we've got the technology working for the website, so at the conclusion of this, take just a few minutes, let her go through the HP2 website just quickly before we uh, return. Ms. Pryor. I have two items for you today, either of which involve the internet right now. Uh, the first item is secure program amendments. I have uh, 14 projects that are being added to the program, three projects in Bristol District, uh, 10 safety projects along I-95 and 395 in Northern Virginia, Fredericksburg, and Richmond, and one uh, bridge replacement. It's a replacement of a, a bridge over Route 5 that is in the path of the Richmond BRT. And I recommend your approval of these. Is there a motion? I move. Second. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. The second item is just our normal monthly transfers. Uh, these are normal transfers from completed projects or surpluses to other way projects. So moved. So moved. Second. Any other discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Okay. Mr. Crime, we will have these actions just now did not uh, include the impact of uh, Route 460 uh, and the downtown Midtown uh, tunnel action, which I'm going to have you ratify, uh, which is going to restore a significant amount of monies to the six-year plan and, and House Bill 2. But I think we have to appropriately do that up under new business. So I think uh, I just want to alert you that uh, th that will be discussed under new business ratification. I'll have Ms. Pratt, I know Mr. Uh, Lawson's here to answer any questions as we go through it. But I just wanted the board to know uh, that uh, that will be done as we get to the end of the agenda. Okay, thank you. Uh, Ms. Brown. I have four items for your approval. Uh, the first two items are requests for transfer of revenue sharing funds. Um, the first one is the request from the town of Abington and the Bristol District <coughs> to transfer funds from projects being canceled to a new project to address a safety issue. Uh, the local assistance division recommends your approval of this request. So moved. Second. Yeah. Any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. The second request is from the city of Lynchburg and the Lynchburg District. And this is a transfer of funds from a project that is complete and another one that has a lower priority to establish a new um, streetscape improvement project. The local assistance division also recommends your approval of this request. Ms. Valentine. I need the resolution. There's second. So moved for a second. Any further discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Okay. Um, the next item is for a revenue sharing program guidelines. Um, this is the item that was discussed during the workshop. Um, these guidelines need to be updated for our next application cycle. And it is their recommendation that you approve these guidelines. Uh, Mr. Whitford, since you asked the most questions, I'll ask you for a motion. <laughs> I'll move for approval. Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Uh, before you start, Mr. Kilpatrick would like to make a comment on uh, number nine. Number nine is a, is a recreational access project. Uh, this is a great story of uh, cooperation between state agencies and, and uh, local government. Uh, Crow's Nest is a nature preserve in Stafford County. It was an area at the Butts Potomac River. Uh, 
Department of Conservation and Recreation had a need for providing access to what I call primitive boat landing um, and some areas within the preserve. Our uh, resident engineer up there, Sean Nelson, uh, working with DCR, both the local office and, and the central office, and also working with local assistance division. We came up with a way using uh, recreational access funds to build an improved access way. Uh, we build, uh, through the recreational access program, we do build roads in state parks. Uh, this is a little bit unusual. This, this is not a standard roadway by any means, nor did it need to be. Uh, it's a, essentially a primitive access, access to a primitive uh, boat landing. And again, this is, an, this is uh, something that uh, VDOT and Department of Conservation and Recreation, Department of Game and Inland Fisheries, we're finding many more opportunities to work cooperatively in providing access to citizens, to, to parks, to preserves, to waterways. This is a real good news story, and I think our our, uh, our folks there are actually going to use state forces to complete work. Again, very simply, it's a gravel road that runs out to this this boat landing. And uh, but again, a good story, and I wanted to share that with the with the board. I think Mr. Kilpatrick has summarized it greatly, and we recommend approval of this request for four hundred thousand dollars to build this roadway. Mr. Connors, this is Zachary Thank you, sir. I move to approve. Second. Any other discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Thank you. Before I call Ms. Dean, I want to just comment a little bit on what Mr. Kilpatrick said. One of the things that Governor McCullough has encouraged is breaking down silos between secretariats and agencies. And we've worked very well hand in hand. Um, with uh, natural resources on several projects, uh, moving some bridges, uh, oysters, this. Um, in fact, Mr. Paul, you may be interested to hear at this year's Governor's Conference, I think we're going to have the Secretary of Natural Resources talk about how they're cooperating. Now, when's the last time you ever seen a natural resources at a transportation conference? But really have worked hard. I firmly believe we can be good stewards of the environment and, and get our job done cost-impacted way. I want to thank Mr. Kilpatrick for uh, working doing that. And it's other agencies, but this year we'll highlight natural resources. So thank you very much. Uh, and uh, if, by the way, uh, Secretary Fox will be at our our governor's conference this year in, in the Virginia Beach area. So promise to have another uh, exciting time for uh, for us and really talk about transportation in different ways than maybe we have in the past. So anyway. Uh, okay, uh, Ms. Dean. Here she is. Hi, Angel. Good afternoon. That was a great segue to my item, I think. Um, Mr. Secretary, members of the board, item number 10 is a request for the board to delegate authority to the commissioner or his designee to execute agreements with federal agencies concerning environmental program objectives and efficiencies as well as individual project um, agreements for those same entities uh, for environmental clearances. Those entities would be the Fish and Wildlife Service, the Environmental Protection Agency, and the Corps of Engineers, same with you. Um, this delegation will help ensure timely execution of those agreements as well as the associated project schedules that they impact. Um, this action also affirms the responsibility uh, for quarterly reporting to the board uh, concerning agreements executed under this delegation. Some examples would be programmatic agreements for the conduct of endangered species coordination, 
Um, a recent example would be a, an agreement with Corps of Engineers regarding uh, long-term management of wetland mitigation sites. So our division recommends approval. Motion. Second. Okay. Uh, now we have discussion about Mr. Kilpatrick. If I, uh, regarding these, there are a number of agreements that are are uh, in the course of our business. Um, I believe last month you authorized me to enter into agreements with uh, adjacent states regarding, um, uh, in that case, I think it was uh, police, uh, state police and work zones. But this is another example working when we're working with federal agencies. Uh, statutorily, the uh, requirement is the, the board approves those or you designate me to be that authorized. Uh, authorized to do that. So that's again what these are. We just don't think it's necessary to bring these individual agreements in front of the board for uh, for these very, uh, as you say, project agreements and programmatic <coughs> agreements. Um, administratively, we, we do these things fairly routinely. Mr. Casper, how many agreements would we be talking about in any given year, just roughly? We believe about five or six. Uh, Half of those would be renewals of existing agreements, and the others would be new agreements. The normal process would be for this board to approve first, allowing you to sign the agreement. It went well. One of two things: we either have to bring individual agreements on. Again, it could be agreement with Fish and Wildlife Service on a particular how we're going to address uh, endangered species on a particular project. Or it could be an agreement between us and North Carolina on putting up a, a route sign or a, a uh, uh, again state police working a work zone in North us paying North Carolina trooper to work a work zone coming into Virginia. It, I mean, it's really down to that kind of level, and and, and I just frankly believe that these are uh, administrative responsibility per code. You have to authorize me to uh, to sign these these types of agreements. These aren't the big ones. These are, again, what I call routine work. This is not a major environmental on a, uh, you know, like a 66 or 460 or anything in that regard. Are there examples that you can cite recently where lack of action or timing of this board's meetings have delayed you in signing agreements? I, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. It's more about, uh, frankly, bringing the things to the board that, that, uh, uh, that we would see really need, need concurrence and input from the board. These I would consider administrative, and we do in the normal course of our business. You have a discussion? Comments? Okay, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Let me see a show of hands, make sure. Then all those in favor of two opposed. So I assume everybody else is aye. Okay, motion passes, uh, whatever that is. Carol, let's get that in there. Chapter, I understand your point, uh, and uh, I'll make a point to make sure that anything significant hits this board. We also do have a reporting requirement. Angel mentioned that there's a quarterly reporting requirement that, frankly, we've not been as diligent about. A part of this is reinforcing the, the reporting requirement back to the board. Here are all the agreements that have been executed. So that's right. So we'll make sure that you've seen everything and have a chance to uh, comment on if you desire. On this After the signature of this bill, it was signed. Yes, you just delegated it for but we'll report, report you know, monthly. That's, that's correct. Yes. But, but I know we've already voted on it. Would you be satisfied with changing the language where it would narrowly define what 
I think that's my problem. I don't understand enough about it to get an affirmative vote. I think we're okay. Uh, I mean, I think that and we'll, but I understand, I think the comment is we want to make sure of these that you don't know about and we'll make sure that's the case. And again, these are, like we can't measure, this is not signing off on an environmental permit for a major highway or something. It's the normal course of business. Now, before you leave the scene, uh, tomorrow, uh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Uh, just to follow up, would it, would it be uh, practical to maybe have an email notice sent to the members when, when the authority is exercising so you'll know for the record? Again, the, the requirement is to report to you quarterly. I suspect if you see an agreement that I signed that you didn't like, you'll rescind this approval, and, and I'll take it. I'll have to bring everyone to you. So again, I, in terms of let's try from the reporting. If it doesn't work, then I'll bring this vote back up. But I was I didn't know if that would address Scott's concern. If you're okay with the quarterly reports, I am as well. But I thought this might be an alternative if, if that you can feel comfortable with that. I guess I was more trying to understand the burden that this creates. It's only five or six per year, and we meet monthly. Current procedure allows this board to approve it prior to your signing. So I don't understand that the necessity actually from a very fundamental perspective. We have a very dynamic agenda as we know, so these things can be added even at the last minute. Uh, the, the law allows it, we voted, not, uh, I will bring you back, uh, bring you back if it is necessary if we need to do so. I understand your point. Now, tomorrow, if I may, if there are any more questions on that, uh, uh, tomorrow uh, there's a change of command for the reason I put this team up here uh, in the Corps of Engineers. Uh, Colonel Paul Olson is, re is retiring. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, Mr. Yeah, Colonel Kelly is coming in. I am not able to, um, to attend tomorrow, Mr. Kilpatrick is. But I wanted to propose just a, uh, I was going to write a letter and I'll have this map slide it for me. Propose that uh, that uh, the board just allow me to make a slight uh, resolution thanking uh, Colonel Olson for his many years of service uh, uh, and uh, working cooperatively, quite frankly, um, to work through a solution on 460 going forward. Uh, and with your approval, I don't know if I have to take a vote, but I wanted you to know if you're okay, uh, I would send that out as a as the chairman of the Commonwealth Transportation Board. Um, and if there's any issue with that, I just want to make sure and may have uh, Mr. Kilpatrick take it tomorrow for the changing of the command ceremony. Is everyone okay with that? Yeah. Okay. So, does so, that have a motion to do that? I can feel that motion. So, somebody would need to make that. Second. Is there any discussion? All those papers say aye. Aye. That'd be great. Unanimous. Uh, you know the CTB and appreciate that. So that'd be great. Okay, Steve. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Carey. Good afternoon, Mr. Chairman, members of the board. Uh, before you is a resolution that would authorize the commissioner to enter into an agreement with the Federal Highway Administration, Eastern Federal Lands Division, and the Army regarding. Uh, the funding and delivery of roadway improvements on Route 36 at Lee Avenue uh, in Prince George County. The project will improve the uh, traffic um, operations at the Lee Avenue gate at Fort Lee and the intersection of Route 36 and Lee Avenue. Um, as part of the 2005 base uh, closure and realignment, uh, 16,000 additional personnel are at Fort Lee today 
and about seven million square feet of uh, building spaces there. Um, and there, with that additional traffic, the intersection there needs some improvement. Uh, the agreement establishes that all parties agree that the Federal Highway Administration will administer the construction project and provide $1.77 million in federal demonstration funding. The Tri-Cities MPO has allocated an additional $977,000 in their regional STP funding to support delivery of the project. And the Commonwealth is providing $244,469 as required match for the regional STP funds. Those funds have already been uh, allocated by the CTB in the approved 16, 2016 six-year plan, uh, and the funds will be transferred to Federal Highway under the terms of this agreement. Uh, VDOT maintains responsibility for review of design plans, monitoring, construction, and acceptance of the completed project for maintenance, and staff believes this is the most efficient way to deliver the necessary transportation improvements and recommend your approval. I move approval. Second. Uh, we typically do this, getting access to naval and Army base, federal bases are very difficult. Um, and so this is not an atypical situation. We had one similar down in 564, the connector. Um, so, uh, you know, that way we don't have to go through all the security and all the clearances that are necessary in that. So that, that's the purpose for this one. Eastern federal land is the construction arm of of Federal Highway. There's three divisions of Federal Highway that actually build roads for Federal Highway. When I say build, they don't build that just like we do. They, they're contract administrators. And that's what Eastern Federal Land does in the eastern part of the United States. Typically on parkland, uh, national forest, and on uh, other federal properties, especially military bases or in and around military bases, they have the, the, uh, the expertise and the history working with these agencies that uh, can be very difficult for us sometimes. Any other discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay. Thank you, Mr. Carey. Stiles, how are you today, sir? Hi, sir. Thank you. Since the uh, board last met, the department took in bids on $26 million worth of projects. One of those projects requires CTB action to award. That's listed in your ballot is Order H89, Route 709 in Accomack County. We had two bids, which is pretty good competition for the Eastern Shore, because many times we only did one. So we think we had an excellent value on this, and we're recommending award. Since we got a warm bid, it was actually, actually came in pretty good. It came in. Yeah, we had a good price, absolutely. I should make Mr. Casper happy. So we Motion or? Right. I have a question. Oh, okay. Well, let's get, we need a motion to second, then we get the question. Second. Is that what you have a motion? Okay. Yeah, that right, Mr. Madison. Ms. Belfast. Thank you. The bid amount is for $6 million, and the estimated construction cost is $8 million. And I look at the bids because we managed to get some very competitive bids, and this time it was reversed, so I just was questioning that. Well, primarily in this case, we do have competition on the Eastern Shore, and our price history takes into account many times we don't have, and you only get the best price when you have competition. In this particular case, excavation was extremely cheap. We got for $6, we planned on $25. That was a million and a half dollar uh, change in it right there. And that's probably because that's a local contractor. He has a local source for that material. 
makes it cheaper. I think Ms. you may have looked at it wrong. See, we estimated it was going to cost us 8.6 and it only cost us 6.3. So we oh, saved. I did. I yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually saved. Because my thing. next question was going to be, okay, now where do you get the money? Yeah, no, 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 that's right. No, so you, actually it... Uh, we, I knew you seemed too positive. Yeah. We should say VDOT's uh, estimate versus the bid amount. Yeah, so I'm looking at thinking. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so, so we, we don't, we actually save a little bit of money. Actually, a little bit of money. Yeah. Before, before he withdraws his problem. I know. He's going to abstain. Okay. Uh, any other questions or comments? Okay, all those favor, please say aye. 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 Okay, thank you very much. Hey, what's great? So I'm going to ask Mr. Uh, Lawson, is John here? Yeah, come up and. Uh, we have one item under new business, and this is a ratification by the board uh, that I'm asking for. We actually have the approval to do this under our contract and executive, but I want to keep the, the board approved. Um, is, does everybody have this handout? I'm going to give you a handout. What, what I'd like to do is explain to you the financial impact uh, to the six-year plan. So I'll let you chime in any time, but I'm going to probably go through it uh, in that. Uh, um, John will be here to go through these specific questions. But the impact of the two uh, actions that were took, contract actions that were taken over the last couple of weeks. Um, the first one was the settlement of the 460 contract, um, and uh, where we did reach agreement with our uh, uh, 460 mobility partners. And the governor said at the news conference they were very good. Um, very faithful, good negotiators, and again, any of these things, I want to make sure we have no issue with our private parties uh, uh, in terms of, of where they did. But we did reach a conclusion with them uh, where we were able uh, uh, to actually receive about $46 million back from the contractor. Um, they had claims under the contract of $103 million, um, and so um, uh, litigation proved to be extremely uh, 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 tenuous for both sides, and I want to thank them for negotiating good faith. So we, uh, they did uh, uh, relieve their request for that claim and uh, remitted $46 million back to Commonwealth, which ended up being approximately $210 million that was actually spent with 460 Mobility Partners um, on the old 460. Uh, and uh, as we go through this, just a couple things to go and keep in mind. That was roughly a $1.4 billion road. Uh, and what we actually end up spending, uh, uh, quite frankly, was a lot of that would have been spent if it were a design build in determining if we could get the permit. So I'm um, very comfortable the money spent well, may not have been fruitful. Uh, um, and, uh, and we've been very upfront about what happened there. We spent a lot of money on a on, on items that uh, uh, until uh, we didn't have a permit to do so, it was a misestimation of the permit. Uh, but we were able to settle that. Uh, and um, that is going to free up a substantial amount of money coming back into the six-year plan. Now, um, on t uh, uh, that does not impact our going forward. Where we are now, working with the Army Corps of Engineers is a new alignment, and that will, we're going to leave approximately $10 million on the job that will be necessary to complete the, uh, the um, uh, uh, 
NEPA process, the environmental process over the next six, eight, ten months. Ms. Dean's in charge of that. Go through the thing it's important we get to a what we can actually get permitted out there so we know what we can build. Um, having said that, the new project will have to go through a new procurement. Um, it will be um, uh, scored under House Bill 2. Um, and should the project score well or some version of the project after we get the permit, um, then it would be voted on by this board to be funded. Um, and um, uh, that doesn't mean that the, that the project is dead. It, does, it just means it's in the normal course of House Bill 2. Uh, whether or not we build all of what we get a permit for or portions thereof, that would be a decision, recommendations by VDOT, local officials, um, and this board in determining how they, they score. Um, so I want to point out that there is no pre, what we've done is settled the old procurement. Again, the new procurement will go through House Bill 2. I do know there's a lot of, the actual, in the town of Windsor, a lot of Farmers who are not happy with the new alignment, which is not unusual. I don't mean that to be saying they don't have a great, uh, great concern, but usually those that are impacted are not happy with the alignment. Um, on the other part, there are a lot of those who believe that the road still needs to go through for other things. So we're going to let it play out as we've got our primary theme on where House Bill 2 and the transportation uh, funding decisions drive. So that's what happened uh, with uh, 416. I'll take you through these numbers here in a minute on that. Um, during this time, we were also in negotiations uh, with uh, ERC, Elizabeth River Crossings. Um, as you know, um, uh, that project uh, has been troubled in the respects of uh, some of the operations and the acceptance of tolling in Hampton Roads. Uh, there were some policy considerations uh, related to the project uh, that had caused a lot of consternation pre-tolling of the project before capacity, actually capacity was taken away. And as you know, there's three parts of the project. There's the two tunnels, the downtown midtown tunnel, downtown both tubes are being refurbished, refurbishing the midtown, and we're adding a new tunnel, which I will say a magnificent, uh, uh, unbelievable project that many we've had a chance to tour, that the construction is going very well just a it's wonder of engineering. I think one of the top projects in the country in terms of that. So again, no, no issue with the project and the need. But there's a third part to the project that was a connector between, that ran totally in the city of Portsmouth, that ran between the downtown Midtown Tunnel, uh, I guess 164, connecting over to 264 on the uh, downtown tunnels, the Midtown Tunnels. And it was totally uh, in the city of Portsmouth, which was to be tolled. Um, again, from a policy standpoint, that would have been tolling not regional or any users, but totally people in one city. And the majority, if you look at the traffic modeling, the majority of the users uh, were, uh, were people getting around in Portsmouth in that regard. So, what was happening is that project was getting ready for uh, the construction was going and they were getting ready to install the tolling equipment. And as you know, they were having uh, issues with some of the tolls down there. And one of the issues related to the new tolling was one access ramp was free and it was going to be a fairly complicated uh, new tolling to come in. So 
uh, we were in discussions with our partner there about uh, whether or not it would be a win-win for both people, uh, let's say both the citizens of Hampton Roads and the Commonwealth and the, the uh, contractor, and if we could uh, reach some accommodation on that particular connector. If you go back and look at the original contract, um, there was some $140 million assigned to the value of that for the construction and the tolling and all the different things. And I'm rounding off, just in that. Um, so uh, we entered negotiations. We, we suggested to them that we were interested in eliminating tolls on that facility. They had come to us asking for some uh, changes to the tolling requirements. So this initiation um, uh, started. Um, but we made it clear that if we could reach accommodation, we weren't buying down tolls, we were buying out the road. Because the governor made clear when we bought the tolls down originally a couple of years ago, it was the right thing to do, but we felt like a very poor use of money, but it was the right thing to do because of the policy. So we were able to enter into negotiations with them. Of course, they started at a much higher number. Um, we started at a little bit lower number. Um, but came to, a, to an agreement uh, and very comfortable in reporting that neither the concessionaire nor the Commonwealth is in a different position. The same risk profile that existed before on the project still exists. The number that we came up with, 78 million, I want to point to John Lawson, uh, who did a lot of the detailed work, and Charlie Kilpatrick looking at it from this. Uh, that number was the number needed uh, to keep both parties in, in the same position. This is a P3 where risk is transferred. We did not want to reward uh, additional taking risk off the table. On the other hand, we felt it was a, a, a important for the Commonwealth that we could eliminate this burden pretty much from the citizens of Portsmouth. So for 78 million, there will be no tolling of the Martin Luther King Expressway. It also included several other provisions. Um, we were able to get them to agree to cap the fees on the facility, fees and tolls, similar to our concessionaire in Northern Virginia, $2,200 per person. Um, they also agreed over a 10-year period to contribute $500,000 a year, or $5 million, to a, a uh, community services board or a nonprofit. And Deputy Secretary Gridley Johnson is setting this up, working with their steering committee to help the most disadvantaged users of the downtown midtown tunnel. Uh, we're users of that to help defray the cost of some of those tolls for the local, whether it's medical or other reasons. Uh, but that will be decided by the Community Services Board. VDOT uh, uh, agreed to work with uh, them more closely on getting their tolling more efficient. They've, they've agreed to put in additional uh, capital into their tolling mechanisms uh, and uh, we'll work hand in hand with them to make that a more efficient uh, tolling situation. They have changed vendors. So we got uh, uh, some concessions to say, look, you need to make this investment. And we're also going to be working with them uh, on uh, increasing the penetration of easy pass users on the facility because it's unfortunately many of the people are paying a higher toll because they don't have an easy pass. So we're going to be looking with them how we can help that. And then finally, uh, $2.1 million a year goes to uh, HRT, Hampton Roads Transit, specifically for the use of I mean, tracing transit through the downtown midtown tunnels. 
we, we, we are going to do a review of that with HRT. I'm not calling out HRT. I'm not suggesting they've done anything wrong, but we want to assure ourselves that that $2.1 million, Ms. Mitchell will be leading an effort to assure ourselves that $2.1 million is getting the best bang for the buck in getting transit in that particular quarter. Uh, in that. Um, so that was the deal. I want to make clear this was not a buy down of tolls. It was a buyout of the road that we had a, a, an opportunity and we feel like we got good value for the Commonwealth. And, our, and, uh, and I want to point again to uh, the ERC for stepping up for some of the things that they've done. Uh, I think this is a chance for them to reset their public uh, persona and we're going to work with them. Uh, we did have the ability to do this through executive, you know, our, 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 uh, with that, uh, but I did want to bring it to you and for your ratification to move these monies into the plan. Now, if you look at the sheet in front of you, uh, and I'll go through briefly, and John's here to ask any, any, any questions on that. This is going to be the impact of the, on the six-year plan. Uh, we started with roughly 1.3, almost 1.4 billion. Uh, that was set aside, and if you look uh, how those monies were supposed to come from, uh, $250 from the Port of Virginia, which we have now, that has been abated, we've released them from their obligation. $242 million from the funding corporation, which we'll get into for the issuance of bonds, which I'll get down below. Uh, and we had a, 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 a credit enhancement of $85 million dollars that will be restored to the, the revolving credit facilities account uh, in there. So that reduces the available funding that was on the project to $818 million. I'll go through this and John's here to go through any specific questions on that. We had made $255 million in contractual payments. 256 is what was reported. I'll refer you to right below, that was the, we were able to get 45.7 back. 210 million, that's the number uh, that you have uh, seen in the paper. It costs $210 million that was spent on the road. Now, the next part deals with the bonds. There's a lot of been dealing with the bonds. Uh, and let me point out that uh, the bonds were pretty much a wash other than the interest we paid and the, the capitalization cost. In other words, I know it's been reported that there's been this big enrichment. The bonds were not bonds probably shouldn't have been issued because we look back, but the bonds were not the, the problem in the deal. We got the use of the monies for 18 months. We're paying them interest. So uh, uh, if you look down, we issued $311 million in bonds. We had cost of issuance outside was about a million dollars. We had to pay interest payments. The original agreement allowed us to defer interest after construction, but of course there's going to be no construction, so interest had to be paid at the par amount. This is no premium, but the par amount. And then of course, uh, um, uh, that, if you add on what the proceeds from the sale were, plus the interest payments, that comes up uh, to the, um, uh, the redemption price of 319, comes up to the $38 million, which is basically interest in the, in the issuance cost. So I want to make it clear, I've seen all these reports that these foreign bondholders and all we got all this enrichment, all the bondholders got is paid for their interest from the time we brought the money. Uh, in effect, what happened is um, uh, VDOT, at the end of the day, uh, basically has paid the $210 million to the contractor uh, and their out-of-pocket costs for the road. I mean, that's really what happened. There's been a lot of 
I will say misreporting or confusion, but at the end of the day, that's what happened. Uh, if you come down, uh, there was um, some uh, uh, the priority trust fund and current funding. We actually had a, some available funds there uh, uh, that was available to us. Um, we had to pay. We had a total facility account where we were settling up, and then we had the, the to remove the tolls on the MLK to seventy-eight million dollars. So that takes you through $531 million will be restored to the six-year plan that will go through House Bill 2 and House Bill 1887. So we'll report to you at the next meeting the impact, but that basically means if we, we can just, we're going to work through some different things, but if we went through the House Bill 1887, roughly half would go to state of good repair and the other half would be between the districts and the common. So um, uh, that should put the rest that we're going to build 460 under no circumstances. It will have to be scored. The money has been restored um, to the six-year plan. So that's what happened. I've got John here, and I'll open up the question before I ask for your ratification. But that's uh, what, what happened and how the money's actually flowed. Uh, one thing you might have missed was the charitable fund. So I did. I got five million dollars. Five million dollars that they're paying. We don't have to pay. The ERC pays. Miss Johnson's going to be heading up uh, that effort to make sure. Um, so any any questions on the deals we've done, where we stand with the project? Uh, I will make. I do not foresee unless our partners and I. The good news about what we've worked out with ERC, we have a framework of how we may settle things in the future. We're going to be with them for 50 years. We're going to honor our contract, but we have a framework that we've worked out, which I believe is both uh, uh, beneficial to the Commonwealth and to them. And I think over the next 58 years, I suspect the chance for that to happen will be great, as I would expect some of our others across the Commonwealth. And again, that's why I think it's important to get the deal done right up front, so that when situations come up, everybody can bargain and make sure the deal is done that everybody benefits uh, in that. So, but um, uh, we have no, right now, we have no other intentions, uh, Governor's Bay, of, of uh, dealing, uh, unless a problem arises uh, on ERC uh, in downtown Midtown, we certainly will hold them to their performance standards, and quite frankly, I, I think you'll find that they want to meet them and exceed them. Uh, and if you, if you really want to get down to it, um, Neither one of these contractors, whether it was 460 or, the, or downtown Midtown Tunnel, wanted to be in the position they were in. And part of it led to the deal not being done right up front. They'll both tell you that you know, 460 Mobility, they did not like out there being villainized for having a bunch of money. Uh, not their fault. ERC didn't make the decision to pre-toll the uh, facility. So in other words, you know, it's, it's much better if you're dealing with these things where you've got partners that are working together on versus one um, that uh, did not, wasn't the project, wasn't the policy, wasn't the thing you were doing. And I will tell you, this is driving us on how we're going forward on 66. Because we recognize over 50 years or 40 years, we're going to have to sit down and work with our partners, and that's the way we need to do it. So. But that I'll throw it open for uh, for questions or comments or or anything else. Mr. Connors. 
Thank you for the presentation. Um, Mr. Chairman, as I recall, there was some amount of money from the infrastructure bank that covered on this. Yeah, that's the, um, uh, we didn't have for the infrastructure bank in this deal, did we? Yes, sir. There, okay. there, there, was, a, there was an $85 million loan, okay. uh, which will, with the termination of the contract, will be released. restored to the bank, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. It didn't go into the six-year plan, but it will be restored to the bank. You're right. $85 million. Yes, so another $85 million will be available for projects in the Commonwealth through the infrastructure bank. Mr. Park, thank you for pointing that out. Exactly right. That's almost $600 million returned. Um, to the six-year plan uh, for other projects across. Now, let me point out one thing. There were many, got several calls from, Ham from Hampton Roads saying that this money should stay at Hampton Roads. That's not the way the law works. Under House Bill 2 and House Bill 87, this could be returned um, to that, uh, all that. But if we did take the opportunity to think of, to uh, make the ERC deal uh, a little bit better for the, uh, the Commonwealth and the citizens. The, the new procurement plan, uh, did we have a number that we're working with for that, for the new road? I'm sorry. The, the new road that now has to go under HB2. Yes. They, Do we have a number? That well, there's been a, uh, an early number of about uh, 400 million, roughly, rough number 400 million. I, I suspect that. We have had internal talks. We get if we do build a road under design bill, we suspect that number is high. Um, but of course, it will be scored under House Bill Two, um, and that scoring will be at your, uh, available for you to make decisions uh, on that. Uh, so, uh, and I'll point out, Mr. Whitworth, that uh, there's three main parts of that: the eastern termini, the bypass around Windsor, which is quite frankly the most controversial. Uh, and then the Zunai area where we're fixing the flooding of the bridge. From a safety standpoint, simply from the perspective of, of getting, if you had an evacuation, the Eastman Termini and the, um, the Zunai bridge, pretty important to make that road uh, uh, safely for evacuation, getting trucks out of Hampton Roads. So it could be that it comes to you in several different formats, the entire project, how it's scored, or different pieces. Um, and how it's scored, uh, and so you can make a decision. Uh, the original purpose and need of the road still holds true. We'll see if the actual design is worth building. And I don't mean not to suggest one way or the other. Uh, but hurricane evacuation, uh, getting trucks out of Hampton Roads, economic development in the quarter. That's why I think it's important to get a permit, whether we build or not, so at least we know for economic development and other issues in the quarter, what is possible? Great job, Yeah. Okay, is there any, what I would just simply ask for is a ratification of these actions. We have a resolution uh, which uh, should be in front of you. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, um, but it basically is asking for a ratification uh, of these actions and putting this money back into the six-year plan, statewide plan. Uh, this will mean more money to the districts for both state of good repair and their HB2 process and additional money to the Commonwealth. Uh, if I can just, just yeah. mention that the, the resolution, if you follow it through, basically walks down the, the page, one-page summary of the, the flow of funds. 
explain where we started and kind of the pieces that are taken away to arrive at the five hundred thirty one million. Mr. Chairman. Now this is only the eighty five is, is will be returned automatically. This is the six year plan. That's gonna go automatically go back in. It uh, so be happy to note the minutes, but it'll automatically go back into the Virginia Transportation. The eighty million that went to detail again will will be will be released when at the call of the bond. And that's the resolution of the of the uh, national venture and that those funds will go richer. Of course they never actually left. We were just committed from the infrastructure bank and the infrastructure bank would then have the additional funding for future action. So in other words, Ms. Connor, is that a resolution and the money automatically get there? And the infrastructure bank, if I remember, was pretty low. That's correct. It was. So this will free up. Uh, also, we've got some additional monies under 1887 going into the infrastructure bank each year. Yeah, and I should point out, too, the governor did announce yesterday, while we're on the topic of money, did announce yesterday a surplus. And if the numbers are right, uh, after you go through everything, it's about 14 or $15 million of the surplus would be headed towards to our way. Uh, to the board's transportation. Most of it goes to the rainy day fund, clear water, clean water, uh, and I think we get some percentage out of that. But there should be a small amount of money coming that way too. We'll report on that also. I'll make a motion that we ratify the resolution. Hey, is there a second? Okay. Mr. Williams, just just as by way of explanation, typically when I see my one of my clients' names so probably mentioned in a resolution. I would, out of abundance of caution, I would uh, abstain from the vote. But actually, this resolution has nothing to do with our that's, negotiations. That, that's correct. Right. Those are those have concluded. That's it has right. no impact whatsoever on on a client that I consult for. Uh, it's really ratifying the activities you're taking with the money. Therefore, I intend to vote. That's right. I would, Mr. Malva had some other thing. This has nothing to do with this is restoring money, so I don't see any conflict uh, in, in that regard. You're not acting on behalf of your club. If any were discovered, I would assume that my comrades on the board would bring it up for a revote, and I could abstain. Right. Yes. Any other uh, uh, comments or questions about this? Okay. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Thank you. I, this is an unusual because of the contract, uh, but in um, um, some of it was very confidential. Uh, but I do not, I uh, don't take actions lightly without having um, your impact. Uh, many of you know I offline spoke with you as to what was going on. Not as a group, but individually. So I don't want anybody to think you were doing anything uh, illegally offline. So. Anyway, so thank you very much, Mr. Lawson. Thank you very much uh, for all the hard work you've done, Mr. Kilpatrick, and, uh, and getting and bringing this to. Uh, final comments, couple. Um, I, I have uh, the first 18 months, we've gotten a lot of legislation passed, and we've gotten, I believe, is on the right track for some of these issues we were dealing with. So you'll see a focus now from us to make the executing projects and moving forward. We got some good things going in Charlottesville. We got 66. I know it's going to be loud, and but I'm comfortable with where we're going here. Uh, that's really what we'll be focusing on. Uh, wanted to point out in 15 days, though, unless we get some action in Congress, uh, we are going to be um, uh, possibly looking at other insolvency of the federal trust fund. 
uh, Mr. Kilpatrick has received a letter from Secretary Fox, alerting him to that fact. He met with Secretary Fox yesterday, um, and uh, again, Governor McCullough reiterated the importance of doing this. Um, the Secretary's best uh, guess is that he'll probably get some type of resolution continuing for a small period of time, um, uh, which I guess is better than nothing. Um, uh, but uh, nonetheless, it still really represents a pretty significant threat. Uh, the President's plan has significant uh, increases. Uh, we would benefit that task. Uh, but of course, uh, that's not Congress's plan. Just point out there, uh, we continue to advocate that it needs to be uh, sustainable, multimodal, and it's got to talk about additional dollars uh, in the system. Uh, we'll see where they get to, but we'll let you know, uh, Mr. Kilpatrick and John Lawson, we've been doing this for the last year. We've got contingency plans. It's obviously August. We don't want to stop construction of anything. Uh, I will say this, though. It, it, over the next few months, that if, in fact, uh, it, something is not resolved or there was a slowdown, I could see that impacting our, our development of projects. I think one that comes to mind would be 66. Obviously, without TIFI loans, without other things, there's no private or private public option. So we're hopeful they do that so that doesn't slow that process down. But you know, we'll have to just play it by ear as we go on that. So now um, that's all of my ranting today. Um, I'm sorry. Oh yes, we're going to take a few minutes before we finally adjourn and let Ms. Pryor go through um, the um, uh, website. Uh, on House Bill 2. Apologize for the previous technical difficulties. Should work this time. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, the application site is launched from the HB2 website. Um, eligible uh, folks who are eligible to submit an application will be issued credentials to log in. As Trent's doing now. The login uh, takes you to the home page. Okay. Um, and I, I already kind of gave you a little bit of a, a walkthrough of the home page. Um, this is where you would go to enter a new application and see the status of existing applications. Um, so we can go to the, an application. And as I mentioned before, there are several tabs that will appear across the top that um, allow for easy navigation. As you can see uh, across the top, there's that general tab, which is again for just basic project information, uh, a location tab for mapping, a features tab for more detailed project information, the factor tab, which is where the, um, the data related to the measures will be entered, and then a, a delivery and funding tab, and finally a review. So we'll just walk quickly through each of these so you can see how they look. There's a basic project information that's required on this general tab. There's a location for a, a description of the project. Uh, and then uh, further down, there's information that's needed for screening, specifically whether the project is on a corridor, statewide significance, a regional network, an urban development area, or if it's a safety project. And then an indication of which uh, grant program is being applied for. And then an opportunity for the application to explain how the project meets the need identified in VTRAN. And again, those are required for screening. 
go to the next tab for the location. This is just a simple map it tool. Um, applicants will draw a simple polygon around where the project will go. Multiple polygons can be drawn if the project has multiple locations, such as a, a signal, a series of signal projects or something. As the polygon is drawn, um, the tool will automatically identify the planning district commissions, NPOs, and localities um, serviced by the project. This allows us to um, sort of streamline and automate the, the um, connection of this data to some of our internal data systems to facilitate calculating benefits and scores. I'm just going to scroll down so they can see the, oh, right there. Okay. And then to the features tab. This is where the applicant, it's really just a sort of an a la carte menu, check boxes of different components that might be involved in each project, and then an opportunity to provide a text field there to provide a little more detail on what that is. This will help us again to assess the benefits of the project, but also verify the estimate um, provided for the project. And then to the factors tab. This is where the applicant will provide data needed to calculate the benefits. So this would be data not, not already provided by VDOT or DRPT. So mainly the uh, accessibility questions, and you all are familiar with the measures uh, in the policy, uh, the land use data, as well as the economic development data. And then finally on to the uh, delivery tab. I should point out on each tab there's an opportunity for the applicant to upload a document. Uh, in lieu of typing a whole lot of text, they can just upload a document. On this delivery and funding tab, um, there are some questions related to, um, to really give us an indication of the status of the project, what sort of planning has been done on it, whether it's in a constrained long-range plan, if a feasibility study has been done, etc. There's also um, questions related to who will be administering the project, and who will be uh, designing the project, as that can impact the cost them as well. And then finally at the bottom, there is uh, an opportunity to enter estimates by phase for the project, as well as the schedule and indicate the status. Um, some projects may have already had some design work done, for example, and we want to make sure we understand that and uh, can, can quantify how much funding is needed. And then finally at the bottom, the applicant can indicate how much funding is being required, how much funding is, being, um, is already provided in the six-year program, perhaps, or how much other funding is being brought to the table. And then finally, the review tab. Uh, the applicant can see all of the data that's been entered, can print out the completed application if they want. And then at the bottom, the, there's an opportunity for them to, to click that they're complete and then submit the application. Once, all the, um, once the application has been submitted, that was the, there's some logic built in to prevent somebody from being able to submit an incomplete application, and that's what just popped up there. So if you go back to where all of the applications are listed, um, you can see that there are some pending, there are some submitted. For submitted applications, uh, the final step would be to prioritize those applications. Again, if an applicant is submitting multiple projects, we're requesting that they tell us the order um, of their priority so that we can make sure we review the top priorities first and also provide that information to you all as part of project selection decisions. And that is essentially the web application. So a couple of things. One of the things that it doesn't do is give you your score. 
And so this is an important thing where this isn't a gaming process where, well, what if I unclick this yeah. one and click that one? Do I, you know, do I get a better score on my test? That's really not the point of this. This is the application process. It, these projects will then go into a scoring process. Ultimately, these things will be more integrated electronically. But this isn't where, well, if I keep fiddling with it, I can improve my score. And let me see my score versus somebody else's score. That, because we think that's important for the integrity of the system. Be honest about what you're asking for and, and submit your project. Okay. After the application period closes, um, we do intend to put all of the applications that have been submitted online for the public to review. And then once all the scores are calculated and presented to you all, They'll be posted online as well. Is there a training program for yes. administrators? Yes, sir, there is. We have some internal training for VDOT and DRPT staff coming up on the 22nd. And then uh, we will be training our external partners, the MPOs, PDCs, transit operators, and localities. We have two training sessions set up, and we sent out a notice about that this week. Uh, Mr. Hatch. We were told Monday that training would be required to have access to the site. Our intent is to um, strongly encourage the administrators to attend the training at where we issue the credentials. If there is an issue, we're not going to withhold anybody's credentials. We'll get them the information and provide some training needed. So if after they submit the application, the jurisdiction will know what their score is ultimately. Let's say I get a 74. Will they know what the score of the project is? They'll know that in January. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post them all. We'll post them all once. And you know, it, what keeps um, perhaps the possibility of learning how to game the system is the fact that when you make an application, you are actually compared to other projects. So it's all based on that particular project with the top one getting. 100 points. We're all trying to get to the point system. So how we compare, it has a lot to do with the scoring. That's yeah. correct. It's all relative. So it's I, actually very smart. Yeah, I, I think it is. <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to see many 100 points. <laughs> but, but you're going to have the top and you're compared to the top exactly score. Right. So consistently, and, and you're going to, look, I think you're going to see a lot of scores that are pretty close. Yeah. I think you'll have a lot of discretion. In here, uh, but that's a tool for you to use. But I, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I suspect you're not going to. It's not going to be as straightforward as 100 to one. Yeah. And so, and, and, and if you get one that's 28.4 versus 26.2, you know, I mean, that that's going to be your discretion. It's a, you know, and, and it's going to be a lot of work for the CTP to do. And you may default that way, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, the intention is to give you a scoring mechanism and to fund it that way, but still use your discretion. Well, and in addition to that, the score, in order to achieve the score, is going to be divided by the cost. That's right. That will be another so, indication for you. So it really is, we, I, you know, I think it's a very fair process. We're trying to make it fair. Have you gotten some feedback? Um, we haven't rolled it out to external users yet. Internally, um, we've shared it with folks, and everybody seems to find it to be pretty intuitive and easy to use, pretty simple. We also have a paper version of this application that we're using right now, working with localities and MPOs and planning district commissions and others 
to try to get some early data um, and help help them refine uh, scopes and schedules and estimates now. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I kind of just got an alert here. The House of uh, Representatives just uh, is expected to act today uh, to um, in, uh, increase or extend the. Let me get it here exactly. Um, extend uh, till December 18th. $8.1 billion, a short-term extension to the Federal Highway Public Transportation Trust Fund. So the House is expected to vote today, and, and then, of course, we'll see what the Senate, if they do, but looks like they're working towards another interim extension. When was the last time we had a budget? You mean a real A real budget. Uh, 2008, Nick, is that right? Is that, is the last time a long-term bill was passed in 2004, yeah. Mr. Rizzo brought up early this morning about looking at the total cost, yeah. the opportunity cost yeah. of some of our decisions. I didn't, it would be very interesting to know the opportunity cost of funding our government, funding you know our states like this. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is uh, a one-day meeting. We got a little bit earlier than I thought we were. Um, I appreciate that. The next meeting, no meeting in August. Scott substituted for Mr. Freeman today, though.
Um, and uh, something comes up. Yeah. Uh, P3. Mr. Fraley, by the way, Mr. Fraley heard that crack on it. I've been watching the meeting, so it's more so. They have, they have TV now somewhere? He's aware that Mr. Williams is all over. Yeah. All right, with that, we'll adjourn. Thank everybody for your participation. Thank you. And, uh,